0: You know, Frank, you're at thirty thousand feet, and and they come on. They say we're descending into California, and all you can think about is this is we're descending into hell, Frank. <laughs> you know, because we're in the middle of COVID. You had a little bit of a small episode in Denver. Yep. When you were checking your stuff in, I'm flying down from all the way from Alaska, meeting you in Denver. But you know, the experience I'm getting in California is pretty smoothed out. The restaurants are full. Of people having fun mm-hmm. they're beautiful people because we're in Southern California not,
1: not all of them it's we are eating outside a lot
0: yeah I get it I get it but but they got plenty of plenty of warmth there yeah you know, yep. the cool evenings it's mm-hmm. just not as bad as I thought it would be you know I've seen it worse
1: in some places what about the traffic the traffic is horrible I don't know how people live here for that reason dude because we're, we're taking back roads to this range and we're in traffic no we make five
0: right turns and you think am I doing a big circle here I don't even understand how this works I'm making five right turns to get up to, to build a straight line.
1: Right. <laughs> and we're in traffic the entire time. Yeah. No. It's crazy. Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Holy. Ah, Staff Sergeant Taylor here. Staff Sergeant Taylor's in the house, and we're teaching in California. We just finished up a class yesterday, a little two-dayer, and then next week we got a 3 day or so. We're just kind of taking up a little time, kicking back, chilling out, enjoying a little bit of the the better weather out here at least, right? Better than Alaska. Yeah,
0: really nice. Uh, Great to get away in the middle of winter. uh, The food's excellent. You know, this standard Holiday Inn Express, they turned out pretty good. I really like, like I was telling you earlier, I like the Internet. It knows us. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, we don't have to sign on anymore. Your, your computer knows it, and yep. it, does, it just accepts you immediately.
1: The, so. the, the hotel's not been too bad um, as far as that goes, and, and we're in a good centralized location too. Uh, uh, students. Students. Yeah, we had some great students. Really good students this last class. Um, super appreciative uh, for that. So what do you want to knock out? Uh, with?
0: First shout out to James, uh, another James, California James. California
1: James for setting this up for us. Yeah, he, he invited us down
0: uh some of his bubbles fell through but but they filled up due to the hide anyway uh george has got us in a three day next week so um and that's full uh we're just getting great experience here you know and with a little lag time in between so we can do some some self-business and and just maintain
1: yeah exactly i mean it was just easier just uh, with a couple days gap the way the uh the range uh runs and i get to meet my my moderator tim first time i met him face to face wow all yeah, awesome. moderators and saw george no legs there and those guys and no it was it it, it turned out to be a, a great first uh first class let me see your list of what we were going to talk about um what well, we triggers uh oh,
0: let's let's talk about the 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 scope testing scopes first. for because that was easy that's the first thing we do it, it's easy they came with really quality scopes everyone had uh tier one scopes this time there was zico like uh, five of them one collis one smb Oh, two. Um,
1: uh, Scott and Bill. Had okay, SMB. yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, uh, we even had a Strike Eagle. Mm-hmm. It did really well. Vortex Strike Eagle. Uh, it was a hundred percent. I think it's the first class at a hundred percent. And I would like to think there's a lot of controversy on the on the net about well, they're testing scopes, but they're not doing it right. I don't know we're doing the same thing every time and usually when a scope is a problem it is a problem i just and read that some guy problem, was saying
1: something about my test is too random and it's like dude we're not no re- you don't even test i test right I mean, now but you verify yeah. we have a problem but they're saying our numbers are random and we can't draw any conclusions and we're not trying to draw conclusions we're looking at the, what people are putting out on the street and how you're coming in with them and whether or not they're working we can draw conclusions just by saying we see more of these trend in this direction, but nobody's trying to make any um, definitive statements. No. You know, no. that's the missing element. We're It's not, not a bash. It's just information. Right. We're not, we're not drawing conclusions by what we're saying. We're just putting out the information. That 150 scopes we've tested and put out, we didn't draw conclusions. We just said this is what we saw. And people are drawing their own conclusions, and that's not my problem right you know so triggers triggers um i i came across i uh, jeff got a hold of me last night um the way you guys i'm gonna do a video on this too we're gonna we have to go out one day and do a video maybe like monday or something but the the way the prs guys and the comp guys are running the bolt and jeff was there and what i noticed one the guys work because nick was another one they, they shoot really fast, right? So everybody's going super, super fast to, to, to get to that trigger. So they're going to their position, they're setting up, and then they're racing to the trigger. And what I found with like uh, one of the students initially was he was going straight to the trigger, but he was sort of dancing, hunting, whatever word you want to use, with his trigger finger on the shoe to find placement. And what I noticed was like guys were sliding into the joint. They would kind of get their joint there. And if they didn't use the joint, which a lot of them were, we noticed a lot of joint uh, people, because that's where they're running for their index point. And then what uh, I noticed in this particular case is that he was running to his joint and then sliding his finger back. And then doing a little dance to find the center point. And what I did is I found an index point for his thumb. And what he's doing now, and, and it's working, I guess, with the MPA chassis and he had the um, the ACC, is they're pushing the bolt forward with their thumb anyway to get in a straight line and not bind. And as they cam over... It
0: drops his finger, his trigger finger to play. It
1: drops his thumb to an index point to uh, the shelf. You know how they have the shelf that runs alongside in the chassis? To an index point on the shelf, and then it's dropping his trigger finger because he's indexing his thumb first. KRG has the same. Yep, yep. yep. So find an index point with the thumb and using it as an anchor and then rotating the hand when you're camming down to bring your trigger finger in, and um, it looked like it was going to be something that that was going to be pretty darn successful. What I noticed was we had a couple competitors there with uh, a lot of competition experience,
0: and I approached them with the the trigger discipline versus speed. You've got to you've got to acquire a trigger discipline, and then. Work that into a faster yes. momentum, right? But but when you start with speed, I got to get to the next. I got to get to the next shot. You don't build the discipline. What we're building is discipline, discipline, then speed. And he even confirmed to me that it was it was proper the proper uh, way to go. Yes, you know, he said, "Hey, after this was over, I had the speed, but I had the discipline as well," which he proved in the final. Yes, know, so.
1: and, and Reese, like, because Nick was so fast. I like he because he was kind of quiet. And then when we did that little mini comp, how quick he went from boom, 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 boom. He was like half the time we gave him. But he was so quick to the trigger, like every third shot he made a mistake because he was too fast. So then I said to him, I said, dude, you're already super, super quick in your movement. So you're gaining time in between these movements that we gave him. So you have the ability to slow down. To, to get to that trigger correctly and have the discipline to press it um, with follow through, because your speed in the other areas is giving you that extra two seconds to set the trigger better. Right. He's a piano player. Evidently. Yeah, he's a piano guy. Right, yeah. he's fast. Evidently, so he's good with his fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: mm-hmm. Um, student quality. Why do you think, Frank? We're getting here. We, you and I've been doing. We're in our seventh year. Why do you think, how, why or how do you think it is that we're getting such quality students on day
1: one? Part of it, because um, I, 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 I guess the initial thought would be people are shooting comps, but we're not, we only see like four in a class. I think they're going to the hide. Yeah, it's the hide. It's the, it's, it's the podcast and the hide. It's the fact that we're spilling all of this information and we're just putting it out there without a filter. Yeah. So I think that this unfiltered access to information, that's quality, is is creating that. The hide videos are definitely in switching to the supporter where people can access the PX and the training. We're seeing a lot more people come into the training section now. So they're getting access to those videos. But I do think it's just how much information we're putting out and how public we've been with it. All of a sudden? cheekwell. Every, I mean, I used to have to. Stay on the cheek, stay yeah, on the cheek.
0: have to stomp on, on positions and, yep. and get people to stay on the cheek weld. And I don't think I said anything to anybody. No, not this you know? class. Yeah. Just um,
1: the way. Yeah, so, I mean, it, the, the quality students, and it's it's kind of could depend on area too, but the quality of the students for sure um, has improved over the years. And then the equipment too has been, like this class, like you said, good equipment all the way, even the 308s. Look how good those 308s we had. Well, oh, we had line. a young girl who weighed 90 pounds, maybe 95. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: shooting one a 308, she was getting pushed around pretty good. Did she have a 16-inch with no break on it? She was getting pushed around pretty good. But even she, we had to do
1: a little dance with the bags. Her bag was too big, so we went down to a little fatty. We um, did a lot of dancing with bags again. Yep. Um and Even the PRS guys that started with full-size game changers i rotated them in if they were going to use the one bag solution to that pint size and at the end we saw a lot less issues with those guys going to that little one versus the big game changers they started out with right by the by the the final eval none of them were using that anymore right you know but they did use the pint size and i think the pint size is your only compromise if you want to use a front rest for a rear bag the pint size is like the only one i mean can, if you've got to have a dual one bag solution in a match and you're only going to take two or so shots, can you get away with it? Yeah, because we can get away with a lot. Our equipment's so good, you know, but it's not best practice. It's not a good look. We see a lot more issues with the big bags than we see without. Well, we saw the massive
0: recoil issue with a bag change mm-hmm. and a little bit of pressure to the rear. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was pushing her around, it was pushing her the way. Uh, a LaPua would push around A 338 LaPua would push around somebody With not a lot of fundamentals
1: yep. I mean he was just destroying her and, and what you went through Like about four bags with her Didn't you? To yeah. find the right one yeah. that fit yeah. it, it, It's actually That's starting to matter We're starting to see That hunt for the perfect Well she had a tiny hand Right
0: and she was with a big fat you know a big bag that she couldn't get her hand around and couldn't provide support or a good squeeze on the bag. so we had to just it was a dance we had to dance around, but it didn't take long. I mean we're making it sound like it took two days, but really she was an excellent shot.
1: yeah it's more like you know two groups, yeah, yeah. you know, it's not two days, it's two groups we're see- I mean we corrected. A lot of people pretty quick um, this class. These guys were switched on by the end of the first day all yeah. the way down the line. Day two was a breeze. So. Yeah, day two was super easy. We we had a
0: breeze. We had some pretty good wind,
1: too. Yeah, we okay. had wind. Um, Mill at 400 uh, in some cases. Uh, Mill mil and a half up to two mills with the 308s at six up here. And tricky winds. It took me – well, the first day I'm in the classroom. Second day we're shooting a 100, and we only shot out to like 3-4 the first day. So my very first time being at this range, it took me until about two o'clock on the second day to really start getting what the wind was doing here, and I had to leave the pavilion to go find it. I like that point. I was going to bring that up. I like the fact
0: that you, you, we were under huge cover. It was like a right. freaking barn. I mean, really, you couldn't even get sun. I came from Alaska wanting to mm-hmm. get some sun. I got no sun in two days on the range, but. What you did was you marched everybody outside away from the pavilion and said, Now let's see what the wind is doing. Because at the firing points it was being it was being you manipulated could, a little bit you, by this building or that building. Right. But away where it was flowing directly at what, eight o'clock? So it was yeah, eight o'clock. When we checked it, it was eight. Mm-hmm. It was flowing from eight o'clock across the range. And it was really easy to get away get out there now you feel it oh yeah now i feel it and they had a lot of those nice windsock type flags mm-hmm. that were standing all different out. directions yeah and, all dif- and some of them in straight out or some of them in different directions it was really cool
1: what it required me to do with the wind um i could feel changes underneath the pavilion but the velocity was so reduced so this wind was anywhere from 8 to 12 in its source under the pavilion it only felt like two to four and if i really kind of stuck my hand out there a little bit i could sort of feel the changes as they were happening but you're getting this skewed perspective and then the flags are all because of the terrain the flags are all going in different directions what it required was identifying the 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 source of the direction right so eight o'clock like mark said walking away into the source doping the source raw, and then taking that and translating that info to the flags. So one of the sectors we teach is wind at the shooter. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if you've got
0: enough instructions there, then that's not, it's not gonna tell you enough. So right. you've gotta get away from
1: there to see what the true wind at the shooter really is. Yep, and, and I explained to the guys, cause that polar range is a, a, is a comp range. I said, here's what I'd be doing. Whenever the wind starts to do whatever it's gonna do out here, I would be, you know, waiting my time. I would be going towards its source and getting a full value from it and then translating that to the range based on each individual target and where it was located on that range because it is tricky. Yeah. Yeah. But it's 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 not something, you know, it took me a while to even get an inkling and then when we kind of played at that point, we were like doing a six and change target way off to the right. And I know what Jeff and I did it uh, um we kind of we played a, okay, what's your call on that target game? And we were both like within a 1.1 is what we both sort of came up with. And we, we confirmed it with our software because my software was trued as well um, for win two. And so we both pulled it out and it was one 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 two for people. So we were on pretty good with that one. So.
0: Ammo. Everybody came with uh, with good ammo. Ammo's a real concern anymore. Real time. You know, they told us last year at SHOT Show, before any of this COVID even popped its ugly head, that ammo was going to be more expensive in 2020. Uh, they didn't say anything about it disappearing. It's gone. gone. I mean, it's gone. It's, it's It's gone from the shelves. And I think it's going to cause a big ripple uh, from the competition side. Guys are going uh, mm-hmm. to have... Because components you know, gonna see, are missing. They're going to see numbers drop because because... They don't have the ammo to get you know mm-hmm. three hundred rounds in a competition. That's a big chunk. Yeah, yeah. When you can't replace it, you know, when, when times were good and you can replace it, you can make more. You got plenty of powder, plenty of components. That's one thing. But now you can't replace it. That's a big deal, man.
1: Yeah, it's tricky, man. I oh. think
0: reloading and um, learning to reload is going to be more uh, mainstream anymore. You know, uh, nobody likes to reload three hundred rounds, but but it may be a necessity. Um, if we get to where we can only
1: find components, can't find ammo. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, compromises are going to have to be made. I mean, we're we're doing what we can. I just talked to Steve. Got a hold of me from Price, Utah class. I'm probably going to send them a bunch of once-fired prime brass I have, just because I always keep it. It's just in buckets. So I'm probably going to send those guys a bunch of once-fired brass when I get home, so they can have ammo to reload or brass, at least a component to reload. Um, and that's just what's going to be required to to make that that class potentially happen to capacity again. This is going to produce um, a lot of
0: small operations. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a couple Gucci boutique operations making really good ammo, and I think they're going to be popping up because this is a good way to use capitalism and free market. When the when the big guys can't provide, the little guys got to step
1: in. Right. You know, and, and it's make- and we're gonna like like Mark was saying earlier. I I think the the. You know, we're, we've been enjoying $25, 6.5 Creedmore. I think we're going to be looking at 35 and $45 for um, these short action calibers. And then you're going to see, you know, the 50s to 80s for those long action yep. Magnum stuff. Um, everything's going to go up in price. It just has to. There's no way around it. Right. So, I mean, there, there's not much we can do about that as long as the components are scarce. I mean, even Prime just put out like 50,000 rounds and we crashed their servers last week. And they made those uh, with 140 grain Sierra because there was no 130, which they normally do. So they just wanted ammo on the street. something. Yeah, ammo on the street. And that 50,000 rounds went in, you know, minutes.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to impact attendance. It's going to impact attendance. It in, has to. In, you know, in courses and in, and in uh, competitions yep. as well.
1: But I think it, you know, if you think about what we're doing, uh, as efficient as our classes become, we're not wasting their ammo, and we're seeing positive results across the board with everybody. You know, yeah. well, we we've always been
0: a um, focus on the hit, not the miss. I mean, yeah, we got you get a miss, and we got to get you on the hit, but we we we're not a high round, high round count course. And because it's a precision rifle course, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it shouldn't be a high round count right. course. But you, you come, you want to get an extra hit or three, go ahead. Get an yeah. extra hit or three. Because we're building confidence here as well as ability. Absolutely. Yeah. It,
1: it, there, there has been, you know, in, in fat times, there has been that, you know, hey, let's take our bolt guns and shoot 200 rounds today. Mark's right. We really should be doing 60. Yeah. You know, I mean, 100 is a good day, but 60 is probably a Better uh, if you're doing it right. Use of your time, or, or, or that. So quality, not quantity. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've always
0: been the guy who takes four. You know, we went on a road trip, oh, six states, and I'll bring 80 rounds. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't a, do a whole lot of shooting. Mm-hmm. I didn't bring a rifle to this class, so I didn't hardly did any shooting except a little bit with Frank's gun. But but I won't I won't ever shoot over 20 rounds in a day because it's just it takes me back to the when ammo was scarce. For us as Marine snipers, mm-hmm. we couldn't shoot no. 100 rounds. In we never, because you had 100 rounds for a whole year almost. You know, they just really didn't allot you anything, so you had to make use of what you had. It had to, it had to be a press press break freeze moment for mm-hmm. you. You know, so mm-hmm.
1: yeah. that, that that one shot one kill mentality went beyond the mindset of you know that to you know conserving and making sure it matters and not giving away positions and all these other things but like mark says it's a precision rifle you're supposed to be you know solving these problems with one round not four yeah well we're
0: in california so what we did not have was a fully suppressed line no no we had a fully braked line and a couple non-brakes but um let's talk suppressors a little bit
1: because i heard a story That we are gonna have about four or five suppressors show up next week. Yeah, we got a manufacturer. We got a bring manufacturer coming and bringing demos out next yeah, week. So yeah, um, sure. we're gonna have some suppressors in California. Yeah. So who says you can't suit suppressed in California? I think I'm gonna get a video, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, just just to say I did. But we've been we've been having. A, I I've mentioned this before that we wanted to talk suppressors and guys have been hitting me up like, hey, you mentioned you know six months ago you're gonna and we haven't. But marks. A big suppressor dealer in Alaska. Um, basically, it's what you do besides the insulated clothing. It's more suppressors than anything, wouldn't you yeah. say? Yeah, I was I was the uh,
0: first SilencerShot.com kiosk, kiosk in the state of Alaska, and uh, it sounded like a great idea, and it turned into a great idea. Yeah, you know? yeah. And and what it did was it exploded with with the pressure we were putting on students to to uh, further their equipment. Mm-hmm. It's a natural fit. You want you want a quieter you know, experience, you want a, bit, a little bit less recoil. It just makes for a, a better experience. So I started pushing suppressors really hard. And, and now you'd be challenged to find a second
1: time student who
0: doesn't come suppressed. Um, suppressor quality has come up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We were, we're seeing good manufacturers now. And, and I've been, um, there's a little bit of consolidation going on and cleaning up. like you don't see what Remington stuff with the gem Techs and everything because we, we've had some issues with with the gem Techs in the past, especially the spring loaded ones. and and I think you know the market's kind of readjusted. There's um, Thunderbeast is just knocking out great stuff. and I, I just saw Ray last week. And, and and had him um, kind of play with my twenty-two can a little bit. But
0: they've always knocked out grapes Always yeah. knocked out greats. And they're so busy now; it's they're way mm-hmm. way backed up, you know? Wait, which is a challenge. It's 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 a little bit of a hard sell for me um, because you're telling a guy who wants to come in. The best time to buy a suppressor is a year ago. Yeah, always. Yeah. In every instance the best time was a year ago. Yeah. So now I got a guy. He comes in wants a Thunder Beast. I order it up, and it's going to be ten months before we get it, and then. Then he gets into the game. Yep. You know, so we're finding other solutions, great companies, Elite Iron,
1: um, uh, like you well, said. Well, let's you know, go, let's talk about um, sort of the elements we like in the cans. We're, we're huge fans of direct threat. All suppressors, all silencers suppress sound.
0: But but the the great quality you want out of it is it suppresses sound, but it promotes
1: Precision. Yeah. And repeatability,
0: predictability.
1: Not all cans are created equal. And it is I've seen many, 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 many times where I'll have a rifle that shoots half M away. You stick a can on it and now it's five eighths or more. I don't want that. If I got a half MOA rifle and I put a can on it, I would almost expect, because I'm retaining that recoil, a a 3.8 now, an improvement. Um, But the cans, how they move air, the gases, how they're designed can create negative turbulence too. And the negative turbulence can mess with that bullet, which sometimes why you see baffle strikes the way you do. Sometimes, you know, it's pushing things around because... The design isn't as straightforward as what people think, and um, I mean, it, 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 there's there's all kinds of negatives that can come out. I've I've
0: always been a fan of no moving parts. Right on a precision rifle suppressor for a bolt action rifle. Mm-hmm. We understand that in a military or in a um, you know a, a more dynamic world, you've got to have a latching system to keep it on so right. that it's not working itself loose. In a, in a firefight, for in instance. In a lock, right, right. That. Totally get that. But these are also not long-range precision rifles, generally. You know, I'm um, just been well, a Well, but there's of-
1: a reason, like the Titan, the ones, the the, pers- the one that has been used recently up until now the New Thunder Beast, but the Titan is one of the ones that gets used all the time in the military. Dude, it's three grand. Because it is meant to do all the things you're talking about while have a latch on it. And it is a great can, and they use it for all the calibers, but it's super expensive because it has to work right. Yeah, and, it's and been the military tested. will pay that. Yeah, and yeah, it's, the it's been tested. Consumer for. won't pay that, but the military will pay. Right, it. and and so there's that kind of stuff that you have to look at. But for us on the civilian side and what we're doing, there. Number one, I'm going to tell you there is no such thing as a QD with a suppressor after you've shot it. If the thing's too hot to touch, you're not unlocking it when it's that hot because that latch gets just as hot. Right, and when you go to touch it, so you're in. In, you know that's why guys melt gear with like the AR cans, especially. You'll see um, door kickers and guys with ARs because those cans get incredibly hot. They'll put the stuff down and melt their nylon. So how are you quick detaching it? You know, in the in the in the threading on is usually just as much effort as a direct. You know what i mean it's almost about as much spinning
0: yeah it it is a it is a
1: a quick detach yeah yeah you know it mine's a quicker detach because it's not locked and hot right so so i just spin it off yeah and we don't have to push the hot button to unlock it we could just grab it by the cover and unscrew it off if we wanted to yeah you know what i mean we don't have to have two hands to unlock it where that little piece of steel is now 300 degrees or maybe it's cooled down to 150 that's still pretty hot. Yeah, right? and hold my thumb on it while I'm turning it to unscrew yeah. it. You know, but if I have a suppressor cover on and a direct attach and the can's still hot, I could take it off and put it in those um, those heat pouches. Like Rifles Only has the pouches with the heat in it, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there is no QD, so don't get wrapped around that. And those brakes cause a lot more problems than they help. Yeah. You know, we see a lot. like Because yep. oh, yeah. now— the the, the brake casting has to be right no can't be deviation there then you got to make sure the double sets of threads we're going to be doing are right and then we're going to thread a can on top of that a lot of moving parts a lot of moving parts yeah, and a lot, lot of junctures yes is what i'm saying yeah, a lot yeah. Of junctures
0: yeah and what, that's one of the things i know uh people beat me up because i'm only i i preach direct thread a lot but i just like simplicity i i do and there's no junctures it's the one juncture. Boom! Back wall to the back wall of the can. Yes. Back wall of your threads to the back wall of the can. That's it. So.
1: And don't get us wrong. We like like Thunderbeast the way they do their break. There, there, there's there's a benefit to that 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 big bowl design that they have yep. to kind of cup in and align it. It is a direct thread because yeah. you're mounting the break onto the. And, and the that's firearm. what they do. They put yep. the break like a direct thread for them is the yep. break welded inside of it. Yeah. Is really what they're doing, but um. Like another one I'm using a lot right now is OSSs. And I've gone, and not the original ones that sleeved and went for the ARs, but I'm using their new models. And um, I have from the 338 titanium down, and they do reverse threading from the brake, which I like. So it's gonna, it goes opposite. The brake's pretty generic. Like if you're going to shoot it with it off, you're not going to get a lot of benefit out of it. But it's a simplistic design. And it's a good lockup and it has that same um, indexing property like a Thunder Beast would have. And and I and I think they're a pretty good can. But there's some of those brakes out there. I just yeah. I, I I I mean, even my good Surefire on my Gladius, the brake's wrong. And originally I was having problems with my Surefire, and it turned out that the brake was bad. And, and then Surefire, because I was talking to them at the time, I knew a bunch of people there. And they're like, hey um, you know give us your rifle and we'll pull the brake off and do it I'm like, no the rifle shoots really, really good and I really like this the way it is. but the thing is is I can't take the, the suppressor on and off the way it's advertised because the brake's not right but if I zero it it's okay and it's like, Ugh. you know that kind of hassle type of stuff.
0: Well That's the political it. environment being what it is, I don't I don't see it on the skyline. you know the NFA, Right now, I don't see it on the skyline. No, but you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. They're going to push something else in front of this. They're client. talking a lot of gun control, but I haven't else. seen
1: them bring up the suppressor issue again. Right. So I think they realized that was sort of a losing battle, um, as far as that goes. But I mean, they are going to be doing so much more gun control attempts. Um, you, you just don't know. It, it, we're we're in a we're in a weird. Period of history right here with this stuff because the unknowns just get don't.
0: in the game. Yeah, I really do get in the game now. Get in the pipeline because I don't think they can interrupt that once you got it. You know, Probably they're gonna, not. I mean, they're not going to come take it from you, you know. But uh get in the game. uh soundshop.com It's been a. It, it's wonderful. They're all over. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. they're advertising on the hide now, which is great. Yep, they're and, on the hide. And, and um I think it's just a wonderful company. It. it it's. Overly simplistic. It's really easy. Guys come to me cold off the street.
1: Man, I hear this is a really daunting process. No, it's really not. You know, you, it, it, what, what they do, right? They uh, tell them the process. They order on. They can go to silencer shop. They can go through the inventory. whatever, in stock. Because yeah, I don't think it, there's it, much. It, it, you select a dealer, okay? So I'm selected because
0: I'm an uh, a brick and mortar retail front. So so I'm not operating out of a garage. Which there are some people do that and they do that successfully. Been doing it. Um, but I'm a brick and mortar store, so they select me even sight unseen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm selling suppressors today to people I don't even know yet because they're finding me on silencershop.com, selecting me as a dealer. And then what happens is you go in there and shop inventory, and you're selecting, you're shopping from my inventory, which is also their inventory. I don't go in and change the prices or anything, so the prices aren't manipulated. But what you're doing is you're, you're just tailoring that um, transaction to my store. So you're going to be coming to my store, putting in your fingerprints, and putting in your information in my kiosk. And then everything's going to happen through my store. You're welcome to visit the suppressor while I got it in my safe. If you're one of my students or we're going to the range together, I take it with me. You get a little you know, a little bonus there. You get to shoot it before you own it or before you uh, get it transferred to you. And then when the transfer comes, guys right now are calling me all the time. Hey, have you heard anything? Hey, have you heard anything? I won't. Your dealer will not, quote, unquote, hear anything. Mm-hmm. It just arrives across his desk in the form of mail. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Now, if you want to call and check, you just all you need is to call NFA branch of BATFE. but you're just tying up the phone lines up there. You know, for something, all they're gonna tell you is, yep, you're in the pipeline, we got you right here. It's not gonna hurt your process in any way. So it, it's easy, just get in Once the game, Once you get man. your first
1: can, then after that you just wait, man. Yeah. You can get one like a little more universal or something to get you in the door. Um, I tend to not, uh, I know you sell a lot of uh, direct caliber. I still tend to just get 30 cals yeah. and just shoot the stuff down. No, I don't, 30
0: cal down is good. Yeah. I, I don't, uh, I don't, I, really I don't want to do. hurt anybody's
1: feelings here, but I
0: wouldn't put a 46 caliber can on everything down. No, no. You know,
1: I, it, and I do, I can. Like the Titan I have well, again, is meant for yeah. that, but I don't do that. But what I'm saying is like for my short actions, I do all 30 cal. And I don't dedicate it. I have a few dedicated one, and they've always been a pain in the ass, to be honest with you, just because I have too many fucking cans. Um, but I generally still order stuff, even though I'm shooting majority 6.5 Creed or 6mm Creed now. Um, I'm still doing a majority of them in thirty caliber because there's not, no reason not to. But let me tell you. When they do make you a two sixty four cal can,
0: mm-hmm. it is a sweet spot.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's very sweet. It's, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I have a dedicated six mil one. I have dedicated 22 ones. I have dedicated three thirty eights and all that. But I just generally find Look, there is
0: no one can for all scenarios. Not you know, really. the guy. I get it. You don't want to go through this process a number of times, or at least you tell yourself that. I told myself that I'm going to buy one or maybe two. Now I'm up to thirteen, I think. But but. Basically, ugh, there's not one suppressor that fits all, you know, uh, especially if you've got a 338 Lapua, man. You need a big can. Yeah. You know, Tell you what, something though. can handle
1: that pressure. That new friggin Thunder Thunderbeast 338 it's is sweet. insanely nice. As far as sound, it's crazy. That new lockup is so good. If I was going to do any can, like one up and all the way down, it would probably be that 338 from Thunderbeast. Um I mean, it, it's sort of jaw dropping, and, and Ray was just saying to us that they think they're going to pull another two dB out of that thing. Wow, yep. he, I mean, they're talking numbers that are like he's dropping into the one hundred twenty. Yeah, man, he's going down on a big can like that or a big caliber. His can's not big. I mean, it's long ish, but yep. not unwieldy long. Yeah. And the way they made that new, um, that that uh sleeve. The, yeah, but the, the um the locking mechanism. Yeah. Because that was a military part of the military contract that they did for that, the military was testing gas leaking, and so it couldn't leak any gas, and so that's why they had to make a, this new bulletproof sort of lockup. And well, when you're suffering gas leak and you're suffering sound precision. and everything, yeah, you're and everything precision, yeah, yep, and and so that three thirty eight can is incredible, and that's sort of what lends into now. I think some of their Dominus has the same back, I believe, or yeah. one of their other smaller cans now. I think has the I don't know all their nomenclature uh, off the top of my head, but um, we were all playing around when when AI was out, and Ray was there just tossing cans around. Ray color codes them. When when Ray goes does all his demos and stuff, certain colors of his suppressors are calibers, so he doesn't mess them mess up. Yeah. Up, no. no. Uh, so that's what he does. He gets like the outside wrapper, like all the black ones are this caliber, all the tan ones are another caliber. It's a good way to go if they all look alike. Yep, yep. And and that's okay. Hey, I, you know, you never know, man. I've had strikes and snaps, and then the, my Joe PP explosion when his powder mm-hmm. yep. collected. Part of the issue. Um, one of the things that came up with me. I borrowed. I had my can on a on a three hundred Norma. And, and I had an issue with my, my rounds got really hot and all crazy. We were in gun sight and uh, one of the students, Joe PP, he had a 32 inch barrel on his 300 Norma and he had a mild load, you know, and, and I found out after he goes, Hey, this is a really mild load. Cause you know, why don't you try it? And, and I tried it out of my rifle and it shot great. I'm like, Hey man, this works good. Cause it was a mild 225 grain load. I think it was for the 300 Norma. I'm like, yeah, this works good, Joe. And he goes, yeah, it's slow. Well, then I'm shooting it. Here, have 100. Yeah, I'm shooting it, and what's happening is the unburnt powder, because my barrel was shorter, was collecting in the suppressor. And then at one point, it ignites that because everything's hot. And I go to shoot, and it went whoop, And then I get a strike, and it knocked my end cap, and it did a bunch of stuff. So you got to kind of be careful with how you're burning powders um, because the unburnt kernels can collect in the can, and then you get a blue puff. And yep. It's goofy shit.
0: One of the challenges I'm always up against is we got a lot of hunters in Alaska, and all of them want to suppress their hunting firearm, and you don't have any barrel there. You know, they're not gonna uh, a company like Thunder Beast or any of the other companies. They're not gonna try to put a suppressor on a little pencil thin barrel with that will only accept a marginal half by twenty eight thread. But it's a magnum caliber rifle. You're not going to be able to suppress that. You're either going to have to go to a carbon fiber barrel with a lot more uh, diameter out there at, at the bore so that they can support a five-eighths 24 thread. Uh, then you can suppress that firearm. So I, I, I see that every day, it seems like, uh, every day.
1: Okay. Uh, uh- Thing on shouldering and threading. Threading's huge, man. You you got to nail those threads because that's where your your deviations are going to come from, and that's where people see problems. They go get rifles threaded from um, you know guys who use hacksaws to cut the end of the barrel. But uh, it's one of the mindsets from like Mike Resignio at TacOps. You know, I have cans from him, and he does the half inch or uh, the small thread because he wants shoulder. You know, so his thread, even on a 30 cal, is the same as what people are putting on 5.56s because he feels that shoulder against the flats is better than. Well, it's what writes the suppressor yeah, pretty the barrel. much. But that. But he's also talking about 30 cal. He's not talking about a 300 win. No, mag. no, 30 cal. Yeah. Um, his wind mag, I think, is the 5.8s. Yeah, of course. Right. And cool. then um, now I was seeing a bunch of people were chasing three quarter threads as a standard. I noticed that in the last year, yep. uh, a bunch of information that three-quarter threads were starting to go out there. And it's weird with three-quarter, too, because you either get 28 or 24. They're, they're like, there's two competing. Yep, you got to know what you need. Yeah, yeah, because three, uh, three-quarter can go either way, um, which is annoying. And, and so. But five-eighths um, is almost always the same. Half is almost always the same. And then what was that one guy that came in with those funky things that time with you? Where? he had those weird threads and elite iron was trying to match them up it was like some weird half inch by some crazy it was a metric I'm yeah sure. it was some yeah. crazy thread yeah it was a metric um so yeah I mean there there's there's definitely um you know a lot of good stuff going on with suppressors we're we're monster fans get in the game yeah get in the game you've got to be civilized uh they're just so nice and even uh, honest with you Mark's not a big a fan of them, but I even like the little shorties, the five inches. You know, it's, it's something. And so I, I don't mind the the five inchers uh, at all, especially, too, because a lot of times my barrels aren't much over 20 or 22, where, yeah, I could suffer a, a seven or nine or longer. But to me, it's like, I'll keep the whole package short and put a five inch on right. it. Right, right. A lot of people
0: get... Wrapped around the fact that they uh, have to own a titanium suppressor, it's not always the case. You know, if you're going to run your rifle hot or you live in a hot place, going to run your rifle hot, you probably should trend towards stainless steel. Yeah, a lot of stainless Because it can accept heat a lot better. Uh, I know that the titanium, and I'm not, a, I'm not a, a wizard like Ray, doesn't want to be over 700, 800 degrees. You know, so if you're going to be running that sucker super
1: hot, you need to get a, it, a trend toward. It, in minutes, man, it gets to 300 fast. Just so you guys know, you got to have a suppressor cover on it. That's mirage. I mean, think about this too. What Mark talking carbon fiber barrels a minute is, um, you know, you got the suppressor out there. You shoot five rounds, you start to see the the heat coming off of it and the mirage and the scope because you got a twenty five power scope behind it. Well, if you got a carbon fiber barrel too, I mean, that's now twenty plus inches of a heat sink. Of heat sink in front of it. So I mean. Those stories of like those things walk in and move, that's not what's happening. That's the heat coming off the barrels and the suppressor, Distorting your image. And distorting your image and then screwing it up and people just trying to shoot through it. I'm always amazed in classes. Like you'll get on a gun, people are shooting and things, and there's heat coming through from some, I mean, even suppressors without covers, and people just don't notice it. And they're still trying to shoot, and we're looking at soup through it. Like, dude, how do you even see? That's speaking of distorted image
0: parallax yeah oh, we need hey to. man the reason we're seeing better shooters is that we're resolving right up front parallax and we've told you about this before we don't want to beat the dead horse but when we take the scopes off the rifles we revisit parallax in a way with the student behind the scope he or she induces parallax sees it and then takes it away and we had two students yesterday say or two days ago say wow i thought i knew what parallax was but i had a total misconception and now i understand it yep and and with a better understanding of that you're
1: going to get more hits because it will suffer you it will absolutely suffer oh totally totally i i mean we we one of the things i'm noticing and maybe you notice this too is all the comp guys are shooting on 25 or more yeah and now they're running and gunning a little bit and they have to go to multiple targets at multiple distances and the gun is being kept at 25 power, now you're in a critical parallax magnification zone. If you drop down to 12, you're not. But if you keep the right the scope up at 25, what the guys do at 12 power won't work at 25 power the same. Yep. And that's something that needs to be looked so, at. I caught Summer with that. She was she was maxing out at 35. Five, yep.
0: And and um just took her off that, well she was She had less confidence coming in, Mm -hmm. more confidence leaving, of course. But one of the things was she was seeing her reticle move, and she that was causing her to take more time. So we took her off the max magnification, down to about 80%. I think I took her to 20, 20 or 18, uh, basically. But it cleared everything up for her. Yeah,
1: yeah, because it's too sensitive. 7 to 35, I mean, you if you're spotting for your buddy and you want to go to 35 power, okay. But when you're shooting you really don't want to be there. I mean, that stuff is more for that I'm going to shoot paper crossover crowd. Bench rest. Bench yeah, in fine tune on a, on a paper with lines on it. When you're shooting steel and you're kind of being more dynamic, you want to be 20 and under. Um, you know, you want to open up that field of view a little bit more. You want to do that. Now, if you're zeroing at 100 yards, you can zoom up a little, but then you want to back off. But what what Summer was running into is the steady cam thing it's she had a yep. lot of movement because she was high mag where back the mag off and the movement reduces causing her to question her position mm-hmm. but we took that away from her and she she firmed right up yeah it so really that 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 turned out to be a a good deal but um going back to with the suppressors man um you got to cover them definitely cover them you you want to go qd now the other thing with cleaning and different stuff like that centerfire cans it, what our, it depends on the powder, really, what we're using. Some powders b- burn cleaner than others. What I would recommend you do is you get your can, brand new, right? You pick it up from Mark. Your paperwork comes in. You're gonna go and do it. Weigh it. Mark that weight down on, on you know somewhere. Put a little board, whatever. My can weighs 14 ounces. My can weighs 18 ounces. Whatever it does, whatever you bought. Then as you shoot it, you can weigh it. And then as it gets too heavy, then you go and clean it out and do what you have to do and make sure. And they and there's all different recipes to clean them. Um, you know, CLR diff- works good. Yeah, CLR. That usually takes a lot of the Cerakote and changes. But changing. it's not a concern. People come in and go, how often do I have to clean? That's not I that's barely like, ever clean th- them.
0: R- exactly. Yeah. And, and as it builds up uh, material inside, it gets quieter. Mm-hmm. It you does. Know, it, it sort of sort of Yes, it, it of creates a dampening itself. effect. Yeah, a dampening yeah. effect. But you can go broke like a, a 338 can. You can go broke before you'll have to clean it, mm-hmm. but maybe you want to clean it somewhere down yeah. the road. Yeah,
1: now twenty-two cans got to clean them. That yeah. that wax and lead and all that crap gets. That's p- why they're takedowns. Yep, that's exactly right. That's why those come apart. Twenty-two is a different animal. Um, we always have to caveat twenty-two stuff. It's it's not the same as center fire. You got a desert. What I've
0: found is that the quality is at a about a, a three seventy-five to four hundred dollar price point. Yeah, if you're spending a two hundred dollar two hundred fifty dollars on a can, you need to question what you're getting. You know in the 22s they all have to be takedowns because you're going to need to clean. yeah yeah
1: and honestly in 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 right now i i don't see no a reason to experiment with some of these like carbon fiber every time i've ever heard of a chime somebody trying to make a carbon fiber can it's blown up so i wouldn't go anywhere like in i wouldn't be experimental in this day and age now like there's that. what's do you know? The companies like KRG. It's not KRG, like the stock. KG made. K, yeah, that guy. They're okay, making. Well, they changed their name. It, is that what KG it is? KG made. Yeah. KG made. Yeah. I'm liking what's coming out of their shop, because um, they do dead air and they do a lot of stuff for other. Dead others. air is now. If you buy, if you buy a dead air suppressor, it comes on your form
0: four, or it's listed on your form four as KG made. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. are North good
1: Georgia. cans, and I know they're they're kind of running around i kind of like the mac bros too you don't see them out mac bros has some cool stuff but there's some moving parts in there but i still think they're well made and neat um he he they do some really cool shit over at max like every time i mention this mac bros is sort of that hidden kind of cool place you know i'm an elite iron fan yeah elite yeah. Iron's good stuff and man. i sell the shit out of them well and, and you they spent that one because we couldn't get talk about like the availability ran down we ran into availability Yeah, i ran into availability problem i had a lot of students they all wanted in by
0: next summer and uh, Thunderbeast couldn't provide that because they're so backed up and because their quality is so good. I went to Dale polling at Elite Iron and said, hey man, can you provide in like a six or eight week time period? Absolutely, I'll work with you. He's always worked with me real well. And you've come to know him now mm-hmm. too. And, and um, I'm selling the shit out of Elite He's Iron He's a good can, I man. like his can. Their nine milk suppressors yep. are excellent. The yep. Battle Dog, uh, five five sixes and, and 30 cals are excellent. But what I, tend to buy is the STFU light, and um, because it bridges the light, mm-hmm.
1: uh, 30 cal type Well, and you needed to cross wants. over into 300 Win Mag
0: for and your... And he g- did that for me. Yes. He, in his catalog, he had it listed as a 30-06 Max, but I said, Dale, you know this thing will run 300 Win Mag. So he took it out, ran 100 300 Win Mag through it. And showed me a picture of the brass and the suppressor. And basically, so now he's going to change his spec. And it will carry you up to 300 Win Mag. It's a solidly built suppressor. Just because
1: like a lot of the guys up in Alaska, they hunt with 300 Win Mag. And so it's a really common cartridge up there. So when a 30 cal can, you want to go to that. And then you you do have to look at those specs, man. Like, I mean, I've been in classes and had my class where cans have blown up and launched like a grenade launcher. We had a guy, I, I had one guy in my class years ago at Trigger Time broke a uh, collarbone uh he had a desert tech with an 18-inch barrel 338 and then put a can on it that wasn't rated for it they wanted 22 minimum and he went 18 and it, it sent the baffle stack flying 450 yards you have to pay attention yep and especially with these big calibers now where you got the
0: norma you know when well, people are trying to suppress the 375s in yeah. the big yeah shit. yeah yeah and it's a heavy Yep. it's a heavy powder load yeah, and it, the can's not going to a forty-six cal compromised suppressor <laughs> is not going to take a three seventy-five uh, yeah, shy tank. You'll it, it w- when, when, take it for once,
1: right? But it's probably not going to on your second shot. It's probably not going to be pleasant. And, and when those baffle stacks launch, it's basically you just shoulder fire to mortar. Yeah. Your shoulder don't work, yeah. <laughs> right. you know. And I seen it firsthand. It was funny too because I was on glass. And the guy's shoot and I said to him too I said hey man that can's not rated for that are you sure and he's like yeah my load's down a little bit he said well we're only it's only it was a short class today and we were doing 200 300 the 400 yard line like his fourth shot sounded funny I looked at him and everything looked normal until he turned because I'm like I heard a foam but I didn't see the baffle stack shoot because it didn't make it far enough to where I was looking and um or went 150 yards not 450 and and so i looked at him because it sounded weird and i looked at him and he kind of turned and his face just went flush and his shoulder dropped and he had broke his collarbone oh. and it was like oh sorry dude but i mean i've seen it and and, and and it's ugly man so i don't know um like i said i, I like simplicity uh, simplicity when it comes to the suppressors but i also Hello, love a suppressor too. So, that's it. What else we got on our list? Anything we're almost done? Nope, list is done. Is it? Well, we're there, man. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you for sharing it. Thanks for commenting. Mark and I will be talking again in a couple days. Uh, we'll probably do one just before we we split out here, and um, cause we'll be doing the class. But I appreciate it. And we'll big ta- year coming up this year. A lot of travel, man. Well. Let me tell you where we're going. Yeah. Okay, since
0: we got a minute, let me tell you where we're going. I know we're at 50 minutes, but let me tell you. All right, next next stop, Price, Utah. Mhm. When's That's that? That's going to be dynamic. That's going to be 3 days and we're going to have uh, I think we're going to have some terrain out there. Yeah, big time. Okay, Price, Utah in May. Middle, mm-hmm. middle of May, it's full. It's mm-hmm. full. Don't think about it, it's full. Uh, we're going from Price, Utah, you and I. This is just you and I. Yeah, right yeah, right yeah. Now, okay. Then we're going to do Nebraska. Mhm.
1: We're
0: going to do North Dakota. Mhm. We're going to do Minnesota. We're going to do Iowa. We're going to do Pennsylvania twice. We're going to your buddy, Andrew. Andrew in, in Ohio. Ohio. Yep, that's yep. a new facility. Yep, uh, Going to build us a classroom. Just Andrew
1: was an instructor. He's a law enforcement officer in um, Ohio. He was instructor at Rifles Only when I was there. Um, and so he has a little facility out up in Ohio. Um, I'm not 100% sure where it was. Uh, it's, Wadsworth. It's,
0: Jeff- it's Jeff- just east
1: of Cleveland. Yep. It's, Jefferson City? Yeah, I think yeah, that's Jefferson about City. right. He was like a Wadsworth or something. Um, where he was a police officer. but um, So we'll be in Ohio with Andrew, Pennsylvania. And you
0: know, we're going to go do Tread Proof. Tread Proof. Well, remember, this all started for me and Frank in Alaska. And we've still got a June cycle, July cycle. Um, I still need some students up there. Uh, I
1: was just going to say, people have been asking about the back-to-backs from the lower 48. Uh, Definitely, man. The back-to-back is a fun trip. James Drayton is going to loan us his... uh, Mover. Mover. We're going to have the mover for the PR... Blink troll. Right, blink troll mover for the the, uh, PR2. So um, if you do a back-to-back and come up, that's four days of instruction to include the mover. So you get the, the PR1, the PR2 um you experience you just stay right at the lodge with us and spend you know a big party with us at that, yeah, that it's point a, it's
0: a full week for you in alaska basically yeah. what it and
1: then to. if you want your family up there or something you can go sightsee tour do whatever fishing all that stuff It's a destination course yeah. and, and they shouldn't have the quarantines and anything anymore no, no, so we should no. be good
0: matter of fact they just dropped it off you don't have to test at the airport anymore. okay
1: so yeah. you're golden yeah, yeah. um money um, but yeah, we got a lot of stuff. I still haven't done the mile high stuff, but I'm gonna I'm gonna cherry pick that a little bit, and and I may try to uh, see what's going on with that.
0: All of our courses are listed on the hide. Yeah, snipers hide training, training s- opportunities for them. Yep, is that what it's called? Training yeah, training opportunities. Um, all of them are listed there. I think it's just training, isn't it? Contact me at uh, or contact us at at snipers snipers hide training at gmail.com yeah training course announcements training course announcements
1: there you go and and so um yeah i mean uh the hide has it all there you can it's in there's filters too but if you go down in the middle of the page training course announcements I tell people, too, if you want to talk to someone like that and you want to get some details from Alaska, when Mark's up there, you can call Wiggy's Alaska. He's there. Either call Wiggy's Alaska
0: or email me at Alaska Precision Rifle Course at gmail. Yep. It's easy.
1: Yep. And, yep. And, and come we'll, see
0: us. We have a great time. See us somewhere. We have a great time.
1: Yes. Appreciate it, man. Thanks.
0: Bye.